Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. Jake, what are you drinking this week? So I'm breaking off of what we were supposed to do because I've had a hankering for a stout. Uh, I know Kyle, he's not joining me with those, um, but tonight I am drinking. what we're supposed to do. I'll I'll do them another week. It's fine. We don't have to drink the same thing every time, Kyle. Um, I am drinking Stay Crumble by Transient Artisan Ales. You will notice that they continue to make the, uh, the best stouts, flavored stouts that I have found. It's an imperial cream stout aged on caramel, cinnamon, and graham crackers. It is 13% alcohol, and it's supposed to taste like a waffle. So I am nice. incredibly excited for this. I'm going to be so disappointed if that beer sucks. All right, you said it's the transient imperial cream stout? Uh, it's So it's transient artisan ales, and then it's the actual name of it is Stay Crumble. Stay Crumble. Perks of being married. Wedding ring is a bottle opener. I've got fancy glasses this week as well. So uh, I'm still using my fish house. Shout out to fish house Pensacola. Let's get the pour <laughs> on camera here. Jesus. <laughs> he's got to make a whole show of it. I do. All right. Well, he's pouring since nobody cares about his pour. Uh, I'm doing the Oso Brewery 98 or excuse me, 89 ale. Uh, I'm, we were supposed to do Ambers this week. Jake decided to deviate from that, but I'm still going to do the Ambers. So I'm starting out with the Oso. We'll go from there. To be fair, I texted you and said, let's do South this week. And you didn't say no. You know, the best part about this is there's like an exact replica audio clip of what you just said on the last episode where we did the seltzers. And you're like, to be fair, I just texted you. You said we can do something else. Yeah, you know what? And it's going to keep happening because stouts are amazing and nothing beats them. First sip. Here we go. Oh, wow. I'm trying to see what the percentage is on this. Oh, it's from Phoenix. Makes sense. That's why I've never heard of it. Yeah, we have tons of just most of the stuff at Total Wine right now is all locals. I don't even see a percentage on here, dude, honestly. It's on there somewhere. I can, I can look it up real quick. You said it's 89 AL. Yeah, from Oso. I'm like relatively positive there's not a percentage on this can. Unless I'm just completely blind, which is also possible. Oso Brewery. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm going to take a few more sips to uh, create a score on mine, but I can happily say that this is living up to every expectation I had for it. That's good. So what's the what's the actual name of that beer again? It's the California Common. No, Oso eighty nine ale, amber beer. That's all it says. Okay, it looks like it is five point six percent. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, ambers are lighter. It's all good. All right, Kyle, I will let you go ahead and introduce our topic for the week. Yeah, I'll do it while I'm typing here because I got to fill in my stuff on the Excel. I did not forget to open it this time. I was ready for you, thankfully, uh, so that I didn't make everybody wait again while I type forever. You should just plug yours in so you only have to type mine in. You're right. I should have done that. I'm going to learn my lesson one of these days and be more prepared. All right. So what we've been or we alluded it to at the end of the last week when we're talking, uh, but both of us now, as of last week, Thursday, I and Jake are both fully vaccinated as well as both of our spouses. So we have two fully vaccinated households. Uh, And because of kind of everything that's uh, gone around with the vaccine in terms of just kind of like the different rumors and different experiences people have been having and all of the kind of deterrence that we've kind of heard, especially uh, for the vaccine itself, we wanted to address our experiences and share that with people uh, that uh, maybe haven't taken the jump yet to get the first shot or, are trying to consider like, you know, there's three different vaccines out there. What's, you know, what's the difference and 
doesn't matter for me and all those different things. So obviously we're not medical experts. So for the most part in this topic, we're just going to address kind of our own experiences, uh, especially since we both got two different vaccines. Uh, so we can kind of give you the perspective there in terms of that and then talk about any side effects that we had and then why other people should go get vaccinated. So, yeah. So you got the Pfizer vaccine, correct? Negative. I got Moderna. Did you get oh, Pfizer? Yeah, we both got, got Pfizer. No, I got Moderna. Okay. I lied. We both got the same one. So, yeah, we got the same one. So where I got mine, um, all of the, sh- uh, from my, as from what I'm aware of anyway, all of the city of Chicago is Moderna. Um, so that's where I got mine. Um, my experience getting the shot was, the first shot for me was pretty, it was no different than a flu shot for me. Like my arm was sore the next day. Um, but I know if, if you're not aware, um, my mom is a pharmacy tech too, which is why I have some of these tips and tricks because my mom is one of the people in our area that's actually giving out the shots um, through the company that she works for, which is a major or, you know, a major um, pharmaceutical organization, um, famous, very famous nationwide pharmacy. Uh few letters in the name um, without naming <laughs> names. But so I knew that it's better to get it in your dominant arm because you move, you typically use your dominant arm more. So getting blood flow to the area typically decreases the amount of um, the soreness the next day, just because it's, it, it's healing itself essentially when it's sending blood to the, to it. Um, so I got it in my right arm, which is my dominant arm. I did an arm workout that day. Um, the, my mom basically warned me beforehand. She was like, just stay really hydrated. And it's typically not that bad. And that's what I did. I already stay very hydrated. I drink over a gallon of water a day on top of anything else that I drink, be that coffee, energy drinks, sodas, you know, anything. Um, so I just stayed really hydrated. And off my first shot, besides my arm soreness was definitely worse than the flu shot is for me. But besides that, that was my only somewhat side effect from the very first shot. Yeah, I got really lucky too in that there's a registration through the county where I live and you could just say like, hey, I volunteer to get the vaccine. And so then if they had the availability and like the doses available, they would kind of pick people up and uh, because I technically got registered to get the vaccine before like my group was supposed to. But uh the county had enough, I guess, throughout their supply chain that they were able to dish out some vaccines to people that ne- weren't necessarily in the current category, which at the time was 1B, uh, I think, which was mostly, um, you know, your medical professional workers and all that, right. like people over the age of 75 or whatever it was at the time. But anyway, so for me, I got mine through the county uh, and I ended up going, I had to go to just this massive convention center that they used as the vaccine site. And so it's a little weird to see uh, because obviously I wasn't like the first person to get a vaccine through the county. It was uh, kind of a, a process that had been going on for a couple months at this point. And it was pretty impressive, in my opinion, like how efficient these guys were. Um, so just to kind of walk you through the step by step of what I had to do at the location is you show up and there's somebody that's sitting right at the entry to the parking lot or the parking mm-hmm. garage for this place. And they're like, hey, do you have an appointment? And you're like, Yes. You know, if you said yes, then they direct you into the parking garage because it's free parking for anybody that's getting the vaccine. Uh, but if, if no, then they like turn you around. So like they they try to like have an immediate stop for people like, hey, you're not scheduled to be here. You uh, let's turn you around and get you out of here because they didn't want people just like waiting around outside this place to try to like, uh, you know, leech off some last minute ones, especially since they're using Moderna. It doesn't require the super cold storage. They're able to uh, maintain those doses without wasting any. Uh, so anyway, you go through this initial process, then you walk up to the the next line and they're like, hey, are you here for first dose or second dose? And for me on the first round, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm here for the first dose. They're like, okay, sweet. 
go to this next table, run you through a quick questionnaire, uh, and then they send you into one of two lines, either the mm -hmm. first dose or second dose line. And the first dose line requires some additional screening uh, and some information just prior to you going to actually get the vaccine. And then the second yep. dose, because you've already done all that, you uh, kind of prepped yourself up that you go straight into the, the vaccine area. Then you walk in and they had like 30 sites all set up at the same exact time in this convention center, all spread out mm -hmm. uh, throughout this massive building. And then they're just like, all right, three's open, go, four's open, go. And so they're like super streamlining, getting people through this place. Right. I'm guessing they honestly are doing like, probably thousands of vaccines a day through mm -hmm. this one convention center, which is, like I said, it's pretty impressive how, how streamlined that process was for them. Uh, but yeah, for me too, I went, I got dose number one. Uh, I came home and then similar experience where I did get it in my non-dominant arm uh, just because I'm a pansy about uh, doing things with my dominant arm. Uh, call it superstition, if you will, or whatever. But anytime I ever get like get hit with a needle, it's always in my non-dominant arm. Right. Uh, but anyway, so I got my vaccine uh, and then experience maybe six eight hours later or something uh you know gradual increase in arm soreness to the point where it was just kind of like your normal flu vaccine like you alluded to where it was uncomfortable but it wasn't preventing me from doing anything by any means at all i could have worked out i could have done whatever and i would have been completely fine it's not like it stopped me from working or anything like that yeah uh, mine was bit... mine was never that bad either like i've heard some horror stories about people um you know and also it, it also depends on your level of of pain like pain tolerance I have a very high pain tolerance. I've played through, like when I played sports, I've played through many broken bones, many ligament tears. Like it just, it, I have a, my, I just don't feel pain the same way that other people feel pain. So for me, the soreness was no, like back when I did powerlifting stuff and I would have a, a heavy day, like a heavy bench press day where I'd, where I'd do like, uh, after I would do heavy bench, we'd do like heavy shoulder press. Like it was no worse than the shoulder soreness I had from like a really hard workout. So for me, it wasn't that bad. Whereas some people that I know where like, if they get a paper cut, it's like the end of their world. Like they thought the arm pain was unbearable. And for me, I was literally yeah. just like standing in the office doing arm circles. Like it just, it didn't really affect me much. One important thing to bring up here too, is that uh, we've had several friends that have like an aversion to needles, right? Like they're afraid of needles or they just don't like to be around needles or whatever. And I think there's some rumors uh, kind of circulating in people are speculative about this, especially if you haven't had it yet, or you don't know people that have had it. And they're like, Oh, it's like, it's this huge needle. I'm terrified. My arm's going to hurt so bad. And like, you know, just silly things that are just getting passed around just through the rumor mill that don't make any, or don't have any truth about them. So like, just to kind of settle people's minds about that, it is probably the smallest needle I've ever had ever for any sort of vaccine or injection or anything like that. It's absolutely painless in terms of the actual yeah. injection of the vaccine itself. It's just some of that soreness after the fact, which is, I mean, they're, they're, it's penetrating your muscles. So of course there's going to be a little bit of soreness, but. And I hate needles. I hate getting shots if I don't have to. It's the main reason I could never do steroids. That's what I always joke about. Um, yeah. Like I hate, I just don't like it. I have to like look away. Like it's, it's not the feeling of it, like the needle penetrating my skin. It's literally, I just, I can't look at the needle enter my skin. I just can't do it. Um, and it's, it's a flu shot needle. It's this, it's like the same syringes that they use for that. It's the, really the, think it's smaller. I think it was a smaller needle. It, it, it and it like, might've been for you, for, for me, I think the pharmacy that I did mine through, it just, they use the same like sets of needles. So I think that may, and, and I could be wrong on that too. Um, but for me, it just seemed no different than getting a regular flu shot. Like the shot itself was not bad by any means. Nope, not at all. It's completely a non-factor like it was not uncomfortable at all it was it really just wasn't an issue 
Also, I don't know if you heard it while I was just taking that last drink, but I smashed my glass right against my tooth. I was like, I, I don't know if my mic is sensitive enough to hear that or not. That I didn't hear that, so <laughs> you're good there. Um, but yeah, and so like when I got my first shot, like mine was just through the pharmacy. So I just I walked into the pharmacy, I handed yep. them my paperwork. I, you know, I, I, they took my temperature. It was 97.6, which is what mine pretty much always is. And, you know, we went through a brief like questionnaire where like they gave us the packet, the information sheet. We just went over that stuff and yep. they gave me the shot. They said, walk around the store for 15 minutes. If you're feeling any, you know, adverse effects after that, when you come back, let us know. If not come back. And then they gave us the CDC card, which, which kind of verified our, our vaccination. So, you know, for us, like, I got mine at the same time as pretty much my whole family. Um, we were able to all kind of get in at the same time and it, none of us really had adverse effects from the first shot anyway. Um, my, we did have one person. So my brother, um, which he was exposed at various points. Um, so he was the most susceptible to catching it at any given point. And he was the only one of us that really had any side effects from the first shot. Like he, and even for him, it was very short. It was like, you know, eight or so hours where he felt really lethargic, really tired, but that was really his only side effect. He didn't even really have a fever or anything like that. He was just super tired, which. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the kind of weird rumor mills that's going around too. Uh, and then I'm, this is complete speculation. I'm not saying anything from any sort of basis at all. And honestly, I haven't done any research into it because I've just kind of taken it as mostly speculation anyway, but it's, I've heard it getting brought up a couple times now where some people are like, if you had actual exposure to COVID that the, the first vaccine has a little bit more symptoms and like you experience mm -hmm. that a little worse. Yeah. And then some people say like, if you did not have COVID, the second dose is usually where you get your yep. uh, experience the most symptoms. And uh, like I said, who knows? I don't, I honestly, I have no clue whether that's true or not, but either way, I, from the people that I've talked to that have gotten it, I haven't heard a vast difference, whether it was the first shot or the second shot that gave symptoms, the symptoms were still relatively the same and at the kind of the same level from what I've heard for the most part. Yeah. So I've heard the same thing. And my mom has kind of relayed the same thing to me where those, the, those who have had it or have been more exposed to it, the first shot's worse. And then for us, like people like me, like I never had COVID. I was <clears throat> maybe exposed to it one time. It's a very like one-off situation where it could have been one way or another. We will never really know, but I, I tested seven different times after that potential exposure. I never tested positive for it. So, you know, it, I never had it. I seemingly was never exposed to it. And my second shot was definitely worse than my first shot was. Um, for me, it was, it honestly wasn't, and it really wasn't bad. Like I know how bad COVID is. Like I've seen people who have ha actually had the virus and how shitty they felt. Like they legitimately couldn't get out of bed for like four or five days. And my biggest hesitation with the vaccine, I don't even really call it a, a hesitation is I am, I have very bad health anxiety where if I think something's wrong with me, I freak out about it. And if I worry about something being wrong with me, I freak out about it. So that was like my biggest thing. And I got the second shot and 24 hours later was the first time that I really felt anything. And I was just, I, I guess spacey is probably the best way I can put it. Like I didn't really have that. I took my temperature. I didn't have that high of a fever. It was like 100.5. So it's not, it's not terrible. Like I've been to the doctor's office and they told me we don't even count it as a fever until it's 101 or higher. Mm -hmm. So like, 
for me, that fever wasn't that bad. And I was just like super spacey. I was lethargic. I really didn't have an appetite. I had a headache, but that was really it. Like I didn't have body aches. I didn't have chills. I didn't have much of anything. And so I kind of like, I suffered through that like bad couple hours, that bad eight or so hours. And then I ate dinner. I fell asleep. I had to work an event at, at the school that I work at the next day. I slept. I went to bed at like eight o'clock and I woke up at like 730 in the morning to get ready for this event. And I felt completely normal at that point. Like I was, yep. my arm was sore, but like the, the side effects passed so quickly. And that's where like, I'm like, I've been a huge advocate for it. Like my coworkers have been like, I'm scared of the side effects. And I'm like, it's anecdotal. It's, it's my experience with it. But I was like, these side effects were nothing. Like Dude, the big thing. And you, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I think in the, the, the main consideration and like the, the real push from, that I think people that maybe are a little bit skeptical. And the reason that we're talking about this is because the symptoms that you're going to get from the vaccine, a are going to be significantly more mild and B significantly less lasting mm -hmm. than the actual implications of getting COVID itself. Like there is no situation that your symptoms from getting the vaccine are going to be something that's worse than getting COVID. Like yeah. getting COVID is going to be worse every single time. Yeah. And you can make the mm -hmm. argument. I'm sure people have, and probably will make the argument that, Oh, there's people who get it and are asymptomatic. Yes, on the outside they're asymptomatic. They're not they don't, they're not coughing. They're not they don't have a fever, they don't have the body aches. But yeah. we've seen COVID do some really intense things to people's insides. Like there's been plenty of examples of people who are suffering from myocarditis afterwards, which is the inflammation of the the lining around your heart, and that can cause long-lasting heart issues. There was a professional baseball player a guy who's in obviously phenomenal shape, you know, one of the elite of the elites when it comes to their sport, who had to sit out the entire 2020 season because of this. We've seen stories of people who have had to receive full lung transplants because of what COVID has done to them. The vaccine is not doing that. The vaccine, from my experience and from every, every you know, person I've seen that has received it, it's very, very, very mild symptoms. You're getting arguably at most 10% of COVID symptoms with the vaccine. And it's the longest situation I've heard of somebody suffering through is like two days of symptoms where it like it lasts a couple days. And after that, they're completely fine. Yep. Yeah. And I was just uh, kind of checking myself here quick too with uh, part of this, but like the big thing, right. Is that like the reason that we want, or that I think both of us agree that you need to get vaccinated is because like the path to normalcy is that we all care about each other. Right. So part of that was, and I mean, we could go down the politics of like how the way COVID itself was handled. And we can kind of talk about that as we continue this conversation. But the big thing was, is like from the administration that we had, we were not getting any sort of definitive answer really on policy within our own country. Mm -hmm. And so people are fighting back against even some simple policies, like wearing a mask. Like if we all would have worn a mask from the very beginning, like there, you know, who knows, like this is just speculation, obviously too, at the same point, but like we might not have ever even gotten to the point that we're at. Yeah. And so the the quickest path back to normalcy and back to a path like returning back to being able to do all the things that we want to do is get vaccinated, not only for yourself, but for the people around you, because it's preventing you from. So and what I was talking about earlier when I was checking myself is that at, some, at one point in time, the CDC director said that vaccinated people are uh, unlikely or uh, probably not transmitting the virus, which is uh, 
up for debate still. And I was reading an article again, really quick while we were talking and just to kind of, like I said, fact check myself. And it looks like it is still possible for you to carry it. But the big thing is, is if we all get vaccinated and even if it does eventually long-term require like boosters every year, like the flu vaccine, which it might, we don't know yet, but if we all get vaccinated, if the vac or if the disease still spreads, the chances of us actually having any sort of symptoms or deaths or anything related to it are significantly lowered. And that's the big thing with the vaccine is even if you're still in, you know, with like Moderna for us, it's a 94.1% effective rate. Like even if you're part of that small percentage of people that get the vac or get the get COVID while you have already been vaccinated, at least your symptoms are going to be significantly reduced. You're not going to get hospitalized, or at least you should not get to that point after having been vaccinated. So really it's, mm-hmm. it's doing what you can for yourself, but also for everybody around you as well. And then hopefully we can get to a place where we're not wearing masks again and we can get back out and do normal things. Well, and see like the, the mask argument is one thing that always gets me because yes, it may slightly restrict your breathing in some way, oh. shape or form, but it really doesn't. We've seen people with oxometers on their fingers whose yep. blood whose blood oxygen levels never change. So you're getting the same amount of oxygen that you're always getting. Yep. I'm a guy, again, purely anecdotal, not a medical doctor. I, I couldn't pass my pre-med classes when I tried. Um, I get sick five or six times a year. It's basically been a guarantee for me. I get multiple sinus infections. I get a cold here and there. From March 2020, or call it late February 2020, when we really started like having some COVID restrictions and having to wear masks, till today, over a year later, I have been sick one time. I've had one sinus infection the entire time. Wearing a mask works, people. Like it's, It stops me from getting a cold. Yeah, my allergies, yeah. my allergies aren't as bad because I'm wearing a mask. Like yeah, we've, we've talked about it here too. And it's like, even for us, usually like one time a year I do get sick. And that's the funny thing is I haven't been sick at all this year. Yeah. I've had a couple of instances like you where uh, there was a fear of exposure to COVID. So I had to isolate just to make sure that I, uh, I wasn't actually infectious or having the disease or whatever, you know, but outside of just like random isolation of events from potential contact with somebody with COVID, I have had zero incidents where I thought I was sick at all. You know what I mean? Like I've just been way more healthy because people are paying attention to it, like actually washing their hands and recognizing that some of those weird things that we do in daily life are actually pretty fucking disgusting. Right. Like when you talk about blowing your fucking spit all over a cake and shit, when you blow out candles and just like like, things that are like culturally normal to us, but they're actually pretty fucking gross. But see, that's where I think I was ahead of the curve. I was like, I didn't like, oh, I didn't like that shit when I was a kid. I was like, this is gross. Like, the, this kid is blowing out the candles. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yep. no, fuck off. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, it's just like it's, and it I, for a lot of people, it promoted general health too. Like, people yep. were more conscious Absolutely. over the past year and a half about everything that was going on with them. I have yearly appointments with an allergist because I have really bad allergies. Mm-hmm. I live with dogs. I'm allergic to dogs. I live in Illinois. Everything I'm allergic to literally like everything in this state. So I go to an allergist and when I was talking to her, like doing it, like just a pre-evaluation before I went and got an allergy test to see like what I'm reacting to now. She was like, you'd be so, like the number of people that have come to get their allergies checked over the past year has increased dramatically. She's like, I went from being able to meet with people for an hour to get, like only having like 20 minutes at a time to meet with people because so many people are inquiring about this now and so many people are concerned about it. I lost 
60 pounds nearly over the course of COVID because I was so concerned about what happens to me if I catch COVID while I'm overweight. Like yeah. my, my endurance isn't good. I'm not a, like, I'm not an endurance athlete. I never have been, but like just what this disease can do to my lungs and what it can do to my insides, like made me just generally think more about the choices that I was making and want to be healthier. And there's a lot of people that are making these same choices, like as bad as COVID is and as, as the way that it's affected our country is obviously in, immense. It's also changed the perspective of a lot of people. I appreciate things a lot more because of COVID. I'm a lot healthier today than I was a year ago because of COVID. Like, I don't want to say there's benefits to take from this pandemic, but it doesn't always have like these, these mandates and laws and requirements don't like you're, if you're taking them with a negative light, that's your, you're projecting a negative stigma onto it that isn't there. Dude, and yeah, just to kind of tap into that too, and a couple other things that you already said, but it's just like somebody did for you to tell me that like it's a violation of your rights to have a mask is like the silliest shit I've ever fucking heard, man. And we already covered this, like, right? There's already proof, like, scientifically that it doesn't lower your oxygen levels in your blood. So, like, that's just a fucking stupid argument to have with me. The, I mean, and from from a different perspective, I do understand, like, there's an argument to be made for those that like don't ever wear it, that it's uncomfortable. Like I get that. It might not be the most comfortable thing in the world, but I don't give a fuck about your comfort, frankly, when it comes yeah. to the fact that like you need to be somebody that's just not so selfish with your surroundings that you're not willing to do something to help keep everybody around you healthy. Like you don't wear that mask necessarily for you. You wear it mostly for the people around you because it's going to exactly. stop you if you've been infected that I'm not fucking sneezing my germs all over people around me and getting them infected with COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's shown like over and over again now that we've seen that, it, that it's effective when everybody's around in a group is wearing masks. Like it's going to reduce the chance of that infection from happening at the cost of you feeling slightly uncomfortable. And like you said, it's like obviously it's not affecting my ability to breathe. It's dead. It's not. It's, it's just, not. It's I I can wear two masks and it changes the way that I breathe. Zero. Yeah, I wear three layer masks. So yeah, uh, one of. Carly's friends, uh, her mom made us a bunch of masks uh, uh, when when I got back uh, towards the beginning of last year. And there are three layers just for extra protection. And I have absolutely zero issue. I wear them yeah. 12 hours a day at work. And I have no problem doing it that entire time and yeah. being able to breathe. And I'm the exact same way. Like I'm, I sit in my office. And even when I'm sitting in my office and the way that our work schedule is set up, there's really only guaranteed to be one person in our office at any given time. But I will sit there all day with my with my surgical mask and then my cloth mask over it, and it has zero effect on my day. Yep. Like it it just it just doesn't. And as you're saying, like we're wearing these masks for other people. It's like the fact that people can't express empathy for other people is the most concerning thing to me because, like, you can say that I'm, you know, it's because I'm liberal or it's because you know, I'm a Democrat or whatever, but like, no, I grew up as a good fucking person and I care about other people. Like I, yep. this isn't a hard concept for me. Like if you have friends, do you not want to keep your friends safe? If you were, okay, say you're all out drinking and one person has to drive home. You don't want that person drinking, right? And that person who's not supposed to be drinking typically doesn't drink because they care about the people that they're with. So why can I not wear a piece of cloth over my face for the 45 minutes that I go to Target? Like, why, like how is that infringing on anything? I get, 
Dude, you that's can the say thing that kills me the most is like the fact that like we're even using this as like a violation of your rights issue is just fucking stupid. Like it's no different than a store telling me I have to wear shoes, a yep. shirt, and shorts or pants when I walk into their store. It's yep. no different. Yep. And guess it's, what? Maybe I don't want to wear a shirt all the time. I do, but I maybe I don't. People are going out of their fucking ways to get like these fake cards or whatever. And I've seen a bunch of the videos going viral now where they're like. I have this fucking exemption from wearing this mask. You're not going to violate my fucking rights. And I'm like, get out of here, you selfish piece of trash. Like, you're going to go in that store for 10 minutes. And they, they even make their own argument for them where they're like, oh, I'm just going to pay for this really quick and get out of here. So, like, why do I need to wear a mask? It's like, you're just going to pay for that really quick and get out of there. So, why yeah, so you're going to be in here for two minutes tops. <laughs> it's, I, it's absurd, man. Well, and for me, out of me, yeah. And like, Guess what? There's other things that we do every single day, every single year that are uncomfortable and we do them anyway. I don't like wearing a seatbelt. I don't like the way a seatbelt, it scratches my neck. I don't like it. But guess what? I wear a fucking seatbelt because it's the law and maybe that's part of it. But even so, like I know (laughs) the safety that comes with wearing a seatbelt. I know the safety that comes with getting a flu shot every year. I know the safety that comes with passing my driver's license test so I can drive. Like I recognize the benefits and I can look, I don't want to take a test to drive. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go to the eye doctor and have him blow air in my eye to make sure my eyeballs work, but it's I do it worst. so I can I see that test. Yeah. It's the worst, but guess what? It's not, a, that is that one puff of eye, which lasts literal second is worse than every second I've worn a mask over yep. COVID. Yep. Dude, it's just, like I said, it's 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 tough to even have. I can't even come up with like a valid reason to like even talk to some of these people that have such absurd excuses, and that's part of the problem. Like, right, like people are afraid to enforce some of these mask mandates because they know, like, if I see somebody that's not wearing a mask, you're probably a conspiracy theorist. And guess and what? Me, Hold on, it's like- that's not even fair because I'm a huge <laughs> conspiracy theorist, and I'm still gonna wear a mask every fucking day of the week. I'm a huge I. I, you yeah. name a conspiracy theory, I probably buy into it in one way or another. Oh I'm still gonna get my. I'm still gonna get vaccinated. I know it protects me. I don't give a fuck that my cell phone is tracking me. I know that I was literally. My friend was talking to me today at work about a TikTok, and TikTok showed me that TikTok two minutes later. <laughs> like I know the shit is listening to me. I don't care. My yeah. life is not affected by that. Nope. It literally has the COVID vaccine. I took a day off of work. That's it. And yeah, guess and what? So, I probably needed a fucking day off of work anyway. I haven't taken a single PTO day up to that point this year. Like, yeah, I need to take some time off of work for sure. I've got a bunch of time built up. Hey, man, you're, you're going to have a whole week off here soon. One whole week. Yep. I was going to say, and that's another thing. Like, as you as you mentioned earlier, this is a path back to normalcy. If not for us getting vaccinated and not for y'all getting vaccinated, we wouldn't have even thought about us coming to visit y'all as a possibility. Dude, honestly, like straight up, I told, so like, I haven't seen anybody in my family now for well over a year. And my plan was to see them last year. And those plans got ruined because of COVID. And so, but I told them because for obviously a variety of reasons, but we're like, we, and my parents are getting older too. They're in their sixties now. And it's like, well, my mom is, my dad's close, close to 60, but I'm like, you guys need to take care of yourselves. And my stepmom is high risk. And I'm like, how could you not want to get vaccinated and we told them we're like unless you get vaccinated you're not coming to see us and we're not coming to see you straight up well and my parents are the same way my dad has ms 
And my mom is high risk. She has multiple autoimmune disorders where her body will just react crazily to different things. And when the COVID vaccine was first announced, she was very against getting it because she didn't know how her body was going to react. And it got to the point where she, I'll say it, she did her research and she looked at reputable sources and saw that because she doesn't react to the flu shot, this shot is extremely similar in chemical composition as the flu shot. If she doesn't react to the flu shot, she's very unlikely to react to this. So my mom, who was vehemently against getting the shot, was one of the first people that I know of to get the shot in the state of Illinois. Yeah, and that's obviously part of the reason why we're talking about it as well. So, like, I don't know how much credibility we have to the average public or whoever's using. The yeah, like we're we're not medical effect. We're not medical professionals. We both stated that, but we've also gone and got the vaccine, and that I'll, I'll kind of I'm gonna tangent off two directions. So first, I'll give my second shot experience as well, since you've already covered yours, and uh, I haven't touched on mine yet. And then I'll also kind of bring up some of these ridiculous myths that are associated with COVID. And we can kind of talk through some of that too. But uh, before I go into my second shot, I have finished. The 89 Ale from Oso Brewery. I'm going to give it a big old whopping 6.0. It was okay. That's solid. Um, there wasn't anything crazy unique about it. It's just a regular amber. Uh, it was fine. So honestly, my I wouldn't be surprised if the next two of these as well, I'm probably right in that same score that range, maybe a little higher, a little lower. Uh, but because of the fact that, in my opinion, most of the ambers are very similar, mm-hmm. it's kind of be hard to differentiate between them. So really, like, the biggest variety in my in my rating scale is probably going to come with stouts and everything. But yeah, same here. I I will rate mine as well. I'm not all the way done with it, but I'm I'm getting close and I'm ready to start another one somewhat soon. I'm gonna give this. What I give Martian my hello. I gave that one like an eight Martian four. My hello is an eight point four. Yep. I'm gonna give this an eight five. Eight point five. It is slightly better. It's such a unique taste. It does taste like if you've ever had a shroop waffle with coffee with plain black coffee. It tastes very similar to that. It is delicious. And it's, again, it's something that's unique. Like, have you ever heard of a waffle flavored anything that wasn't just waffle? No. And it's delicious. It's so good. There's some other notes in there that, like, I'm, I've t- I know what they are, but I can't put a word to them. But, like, there's some really unique flavors in there, too. It's so good. Kyle, if you have any transient brewery, you don't have the brewery. It's I'll in have Michigan. To look and see if we have any of that around here. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of it, but I'll have to take a peek around and see if I can find some. I'll have to see if there's a way that I can ship it to you. It's funny because by far the best beer that I've had throughout this entire process so far has been that Belching Beaver Mexican uh, chocolate stout. Mm-hmm. And actually, I went to go pick up uh, beers for the next three weeks of podcasts, and I ended up buying just one more of those, not to drink on the podcast, but just because it was so good. Yeah. And. It, but the funny thing is, is like I gave that an 8.2, which isn't even close to the highest rating that you've given yet. And I, I loved that beer. So. It's pretty close. What's my highest so far? 8.5? Yeah, but I'm like, I'm saying like, I gave it an 8.2 and I thought that beer was amazing. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I underscaled that on the first episode. I think you under I think you undersold your rating. And this isn't like the one bite pizza reviews. You can, if you want, go back and change that <laughs> score. We will allow that. I might um, adapt over time. We'll see. Yeah, I'll let well, you know if I change it after I have it a second time off the mm, podcast. Makes sense. But all right, yeah. I'm crack number two. So I'm going with Bell's Amber Ale. It's just an American Amber Ale, and it is 5.8%. Skirt. Skirt. Uh, but yeah, man, I just love stouts. I forgot how much I love stouts until we started doing this podcast again, and that really made me 
open my eyes again. Yeah, and for the audience, uh, I went to go pick up these amber ales because we decided that we were going to do. Well, first I asked Jake what he wanted to do for the for the next pod, and he's like, "Ah, uh, well, I picked the seltzers thing, so you can pick whatever you want." And I was like, "All right, well, we've already done stouts, and like we're going to keep variety in the mix." So I go to the store, go to Total Wine. I'm looking around and I was like, oh, they have a, a pretty good selection of ambers. I'll pick out a few of these. And he's like, all right, yeah, sweet. Let's do ambers. Well, he also wanted to do stouts again sometime soon. So I picked up two weeks worth of stouts. And he texted me after I got the ambers already. And he's like, hey, man, should we just turn this into an all stouts podcast all the time? There's so many. And he's not wrong. There are plenty of them out there and they're good and everything. But just to keep some sort of variety in the mix i refused to cave on the fact that i had already bought these ambers so i'm going to at least give people uh some variety i will give people variety too they're just gonna have to wait for it yeah but see jake's like gonna, jake's gonna I, go through like four 40 episodes of stouts or something like that see here's like, the thing though is ambers in my fridge from five months ago no one of them i gotta drink somewhat soon it says it's best by 421 so maybe that'll be one of the ones i drink next week um but for me, like Leo K asked, what drink pairs best with the vaccine? That would be Bark Lord <laughs> by Transient Artisan Ales. Uh, They're consistently <laughs> my favorite brewery so far. What they do with stouts is so unique. And that's, I've got another one. That's my next one that I'm going to crack is that's another funny. one from Transient. If you can find their beers and you like stouts with a sweet element to them, hands down, they are the best. Like I have not had one that compares it. I haven't had the Belching Beaver one. So I can't say that that's not better because I haven't physically tried it yet. I'm sure I'll try it when I come down there. Um, Dude, this, but, this comment actually brings up a really hilarious uh, concept in, we, that we haven't touched on yet. But we both actually, so Jake got his first vaccine either one, one or two weeks before me. I can't remember. Two, it was our second podcast episode. Yes, two weeks before me. And since he got it two weeks before me, uh, it, we, we like I had no intention of like, or I don't even think I was scheduled for mine at the time. So we didn't know how it was going to line up, but it turns out we both got our vaccines on Thursdays. Yeah. We got them on recording days. And so we both had them on days that we're like, Oh shit, man. Like we're about to get vaccinated and I'm not and sure gonna how drink. Gonna feel if we pair alcohol with it. And so we both drank the night of our first vaccine, which it turns out like, it's kind of funny because I did wake up after my first vaccine. I was like, man, am I a little hungry? Well, I know I didn't drink the night of my first vaccine. I drank the night of my second one. Was it second for me too? It must have been. Damn, I think you're right. I think it, I did get. I think it was last week's episode. Both. Was it both? Was it, it, might, both? it might have been both know. for you. No, 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 no. Because it's because it's what twenty eight days apart from Moderna. It was exactly four weeks. Yeah. So yeah. So there's no way this is our what our, this is our fourth podcast episode. Uh-huh. So this is our fourth week. So you you drank you we both drank during our second shot. There's no way we yep. drank during yeah, our first. Yeah, one. you're right. It was. Give me a second. Shot. I'm gonna grab my other beer. So while he's grabbing that, it was especially for us, we were, that was the thing, right? So we'd heard the rumor, at least through friends and everything like that, that the second shot was worse in terms of symptoms. So both of us were like, oh, shit, should we be drinking our beers when we like are yeah, about to like, feel like shit potentially? And so, and that's exactly the thing that I woke up in the morning, and I wasn't feeling great. And I'll just roll this right into my discussion of um, my experience with the second shot. Uh, but I'll give Jake the opportunity to talk about his beer too. But um, so we were like, oh man, do we drink? And he texted me before he got his second shot. And he's like, hey dude, like, I'm definitely gonna like, probably take it easy. I think, I can't remember what we did for your, for your episode, but we were like, well, maybe we should take it a little easy. And thankfully for me, it was like the seltzer episode where we had really light seltzers as my yeah. second vaccine. So 
But no, I mine was like mine was our second episode, so I think we were still on stouts for that one. Did we? No, we didn't do stouts two in two in a row, did we? What did we do for a second? Now I got to think back to what we did. I did stouts. You did the like the Mexican lager that you had, I and just look at the list. I suppose. I did stouts, and you oh, did I had some just of like the... a random mix. Yeah, you had like that Mexican lager. You had, I think, just another. I don't honestly. It wasn't a pilsner, but you had another more like. I did an IPA. And then a couple of goldens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just different. Yeah, and for me, I for me that was when I like delved into stouts a little bit more. I had a few different stouts for that one. I think. I don't think I ever put my Mexican lager on our list. Now that I'm looking at this again. Yeah, well. Yeah, go ahead and talk about your second shot while I finish this first beer and get into the second one. Okay. Yeah, I'll roll into mine. So, I go get my second vaccine again. I was just like incredibly impressed by the the process that they had in place. Cause the second time I went through, I literally just walked up and they're like, Hey, do you have your card from the first time? I'm like, yep, here it is. And they're like, all right, sweet. So you're here for number two. I'm like, yep, I am. And they're like, all right, cool. Head right over to shot number two line. I walked right in, got vaccinated and then moved out. So very quick and easy, simple process. And then it was pretty evident to me within I don't know. I would say a couple hours that my arm was going to be more sore than I had with the first shot. Like I knew that was going to be a little bit more intense, but I wasn't sure exactly, you know, and to give this some context to uh, my wife had just gotten her second shot the day before me. So the day that I'm getting my second shot is the day that she's really having her symptoms and hers were a little more significant in mind, just that she had um, some chills and some body aches and, uh, like kind of some temperature regulation things where she was kind of like having, she was like hot and cold. Uh, but for me, I was like, Ooh, I don't know like if I'm going to experience the same thing or not. So we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> of course, like I'm going to end up drinking that night. So I was a little bit concerned about that, but I get vaccinated and I woke up and Carly. So she got her symptoms almost exactly 12 hours after the shot. Mm-hmm. She got hers at like 2 PM and woke up in the middle of the night, like uh, 2 AM with some of those symptoms. And for me, I woke up, probably closer to like 16, 18 hours after vaccine. And I had noticeably, like you kind of said, I had probably a pretty low grade fever. I didn't even bother to take my temperature, but I could tell that Mm. I was hot. Right. And I had a little bit of body ache and I was like, man, am I just a little hungover? And I was like, no, I definitely have a little bit of a fever, but also like the body ache. Sometimes like when I drink and I wake up in the next morning, I have a little bit of body ache. So I'm still not sure if that was attributable to the vaccine or not. Right. Uh, but all I did was like, I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a Tylenol uh, just kind of for all things considered, like the body aches and the fever. And then I passed back out because it, it did make me feel like I was a little extra tired. And I fell back asleep and I slept for literally fucking five more hours than ridiculous. Yeah. Like I slept forever that day. Uh, and I woke back up and I felt completely fine. Like I did feel like you kind of said like a little bit slug, uh, sluggish maybe and a little bit out of it or something i don't know maybe yeah i I think spacey is the best way i can describe it like i wasn't all there but i wasn't like i didn't feel bad i just didn't feel like me i guess is probably the best way to put it so i i don't know if you did this or not and we haven't talked about it yet but i signed up for the it's like v safe through the cdc or whatever where you do check-ins every single yep so for the first two weeks after you get vaccinated both vaccines they have you do a check-in every single day Mm -hmm. and then after that i think they did it uh weekly for Right, uh, like another month after that or something like that. But you do check-ins because they're just trying to collect data on the symptoms that everybody's experiencing with COVID or mm-hmm. with the COVID vaccine. And so I did say for the first time ever, the day after I had my second shot that I probably wouldn't have been able to work 
Mm-hmm. So I got my shot. And then the next day I was, I, I had a day off on that Friday. And so I didn't have to go to work anyway, but I feel like if I had to go to work, I would have been feeling shitty enough that I would have been completely unproductive. So like, I probably yeah. could have gone, but I, I wouldn't have been able to like full capacity work. So I did report that on my uh, COVID questionnaire or COVID vaccine questionnaire through the CDC and reported that back to them. Uh, but other than that, like it wouldn't have put me down. Honestly, I probably could have worked through it. I could have fought through it. It really wasn't that bad, but I'm just kind of. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely could have worked if I had to. Like Like given my job is not intensive at all. It's a, it's a desk job where I sit there and, you know, do what I have to do for my eight hours, eight and a half hours. Like it's definitely not a hard job, but like, I didn't feel bad enough that I couldn't sit there and look at a computer screen and do what I have to do. Like it wasn't, I like, I've had sinus infections where I felt worse, honestly. Yeah, I didn't feel, like I said, I didn't feel good. Like I would have been a little bit lackadaisical at work, probably a little bit, but I probably could have gone and attended. But just be, to, in an abundance of like honesty on that survey, I was like, I probably wouldn't have wanted to work that day. And I was probably. Yeah, like, well, and that's the important thing too, is like, it's it's good that you're being honest there because like they're trying to gain legitimate feedback. Like for yeah. us, every single day when we have to go into work, we have to answer a questionnaire like, are you showing COVID symptoms? Do you have a fever? Have you been exposed every single day that we go into the office? And there have been times where people were like, I didn't think I felt that off, but I still said that I would. And then like two days later, it turns out that they, they had COVID. Like it's the little things like that, that are super important when it comes to like a data collection and like an overall safety component, because you have to like, you have to legitimately sit with yourself and be like, do I feel different? Like, is something off with me? Yeah. And uh, if you want, take the segue before I branch this topic off in a completely different direction to introduce your second beer. Um, yes, let me. Are the best yet. David, I'm going to make you chug the rest of that 13% beer so that you're like, it's just one better. sip. It's fine. So, this is again by Transient Artisan Ales. Um, like I said, they continue to make phenomenal, phenomenal stouts that just tickle all of my pickles. Um, <laughs> this one is called Junie goes nut rageous. Let's get Junie that in the camera. Goes nut rageous. So what transient does is they make a base. They have like a base stout and then they branch off of that with different flavor combinations and different ways that they do it. So the base one of this is just called Junie. It's a, it's another stout that has a somewhat similar flavor profile, but they add on to it with each one that they release. So this one, it's an Imperial rye stout with, Violet Sky Cocoa Nibs, ch- Salted Caramel. That throws me pe- off when you say nibs. I know, man. It's, I sh- it's They should just say word. chips. Like, let's just be real here. They're chips. Um, salted Caramel, Peanut Butter, Hazelnut, and Vanilla. And this one is 12.5% by volume. And it does include lactose. So tomorrow, Jake is not going to appreciate this. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, he's cracking that and giving you the first couple sips. Wanted to roll this into a little bit on the lighter serious topic is just like kind of addressing some of these silly fucking rumors that are going out there and this the absolutely stupid shit that you're hearing about the vaccine so that we can kind of put those things to bed um, and then probably have a laugh just looking at some of these. Can Maybe I start small. real quick? Yeah, dude, you do it. And then I've got my number one. All right. My number one, my phone signal is not any better. I have not turned into a 5G antenna. dude the one that kills me the most is like this whole fucking 
holy shit, Bill Gates is going to track us, dude. And like Bill Gates has put something into the vaccine that's going to make it so that I'm going to be tracked by the government. And my favorite part about this, and you already hit it on a, a little bit, that like, hey, guys, this little fucking thing that you carry in yeah. your pocket every single day, you are being tracked by the government. Let me Those tweets you. all come from Twitter by iPhone or Twitter yeah. by Android. I'm like, you re- like the thing you are tweeting from, it's doing everything you're worried that this shot is going to do. And guess what? If we, if none of us have cell phones, we're all going to be fine. If yep. some of us catch COVID, we're not going to be we're okay. Yeah. We're not going to be okay. The second, and like, I'm just going to keep throwing these out there and you throw them in the mix if you got them too. But let me some other things in the ways that the government social what driver's licenses government's yep. tracking you yep. license plates government's tracking you taxes government social you. social security numbers that we yeah, use on dude. all of our credit applications if we buy a car if we want to buy a house if we want to go to college literally like if the government wanted to know everything about you and everything about your life they could figure it out yeah so they did and the they do if you think the vaccine invasively enter your life and fucking track you, you're out to lunch, man. Like if you actually believe that kind of shit, like I don't even, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to address that with somebody face to face because I think it's so fucking absurd. Guess what? If the fucking government wanted to microchip me, they would have already. Yeah. And guess what? If they have, I don't care. I don't care if the government listens through my phone. Like that's the biggest conspiracy theory out there. I don't care if the government listens to my phone because I don't fucking have anything to hide. I'm a normal ass dude who sits with my dogs and my wife. I drink beers. I play video games. I work out. I play softball sometimes and I go golfing. Like that's my whole fucking life. I'm not building bombs. I'm not fucking doing any weird, crazy shit. Like I'm a normal ass person. I don't have anything to hide. Track me. I don't care. You'll see me go to my office. You'll see me go to the golf course and the driving range and you'll see me go to fucking McDonald's and Chipotle too much. That's all you're going to see. That's one of the things about this is like the people that try to make that argument and that absolutely just ridiculous statement are the people that are like fucking board warriors that are like retired and shit that are just like at their houses all the time doing fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't have the government tracking me. It's like the government can't know where I am. The government don't come to my house. Like, no, guess what? We're so insignificant to the government. If we want to be on a government, if the government wants to track us, they're going to. Yep. If the government wants to be on a, wants us to be on a watch list, we're going to be. Yep. This like this shit isn't hard for them to do. Ever since yeah. I, I believe it was George Bush when he passed the what is it, the Patriot Act, like mm-hmm. they can fucking spy on our shit whenever they want and there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And guess what? If you don't have anything to hide, why do you care? And yeah. to go back all the way back to when we were talking about like wearing masks and shit and people are talking like this is violating my constitutional rights. No. The con- your constitutional rights for those who have never somehow passed their U.S. history classes, your constitutional rights protect you from the government infringing on those things. Businesses, it doesn't apply to them. Businesses can stop you from saying whatever you want while you're in their store. Businesses can stop you from taking a gun into their store. Businesses aren't held under the same standards as the government is for good reason. It's an, ind- it's an individual property. And if the if people are okay with bakers saying that they're not going to bake a cake for gay people, what's wrong with me saying I'm not going to serve you because you won't wear a mask? 
Yeah, dude. Like I said, this. I mean, we could literally probably talk about that and bitch about that all day. Like a hundred percent. I just had to get that off my chest. It's just it's so frustrating to even have to try to have that conversation with people. Where like every and I mean, honestly, I'm not going to be the one that confronts half these people anyway either. Just because the the biggest problem is you're not going to win because yeah. they're so blocked off to logic at this point where you're you're not going to win that argument. So you're just kind of talking your way through a into a brick wall, and it's it's frustrating, but. Well, and early on in the pandemic, I was the guy like I've ca- I've called people out for not wearing masks in public. Like I've done it. I'm to the point where it's like I was out buying groceries the other day and there was this lady just super nonchalantly walking around the store without a mask on. It's fucking 14 months since the pandemic started. I'm not going to win that <laughs> argument. She's going to yep. pull her phone out. I'm going to be all over Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have like like it's it's just not like it's I don't want to say it's not worth it because it's it's very clearly worth it. But like. This was at like 9.30 at night. I had a long day. I was getting groceries so I could go home, put them away and go to bed. Like, I'm not going to waste my time talking to somebody who clearly doesn't give a fuck about me and doesn't care about what I have to say regardless. Like if they cared, they would have worn it it when they walked in the store. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is it makes me really, really feel for service industry workers. Yes, because it's them that are getting impacted the most by this because it's these people that are like, you're fucking violating my rights. And they're in these stores where it's like minimum wage workers that are like having to deal with these people and have these conversations over and over and over again. It's like, God, I feel for him, man. I can't imagine having to have those conversations all the time. I really, Yeah, it's it's well and like it's not infringing on your rights. We've gone over this, but also we're trying to get back to normal. Yeah, I have family members who work in the music industry and they're still out of work to this day because it's a year and a half later almost and we still can't have fucking concerts. Mm-hmm. We can't have bars open the, the way that they normally are. These these bands can't tour and they can't make their money. Like there's so many people who are so affected by this and just wearing them. If everybody was wearing a mask this entire time, shit, I'm, I'm fully confident in saying shit would be open by now. But there's so many people who are so against just following a couple rules. Like I need it's a fucking absurd. vacation. Wear yes. a mask. Get a vaccine. <laughs> Let me fly to Arizona. <laughs> Dude, the other big one that I'm gonna hit on too, kind of as we're um, kind of wrapping this up a little bit, is just like uh, I think the the most concerning myth that people hear for the most part, and that's a big preventative for a lot of people wanting to get the vaccine, is the fact that they're like, "Man, this thing was rushed out of nowhere." No, and it's simply not true, right? So it really goes back all the way to SARS, right? And there's a ton of different uh, diseases that have led up to this point, but in the background, away from your eyes, people have been working on a vaccine, like an mRNA vaccine for a very long time, like decades now. And the fact is, is like, it didn't become necessary or maybe even like, maybe there's even a possibility that it just wasn't financially relevant for some of these companies to continue researching this. I don't know. Like it, I don't need to get in conspiracy theories, theories about this. The fact is, is that it's been being researched for a very long time Yeah, because of a bunch of different uh, diseases that are within the same family. And now that COVID came out and it became a global pandemic and it's starting to kill tons and tons of people, like they were able to complete the research on this and then uh, issue the vaccine under the emergency approval through the FDA, at least in the United States. Uh, and eventually it's going to get approved. Like we're obviously seeing that this is a safe vaccine. It's not hurting people. It's very effective. Yeah, like, the numbers the numbers have been better in real yeah. world applications than they were in the studies. Like it's yeah. it's been shown yeah. to be safer than we even thought it was. 
And like you're saying, like mRNA vaccines have been around forever. There's a really good YouTube video. People should check it out. It's called why it actually took 50 years to make COVID mRNA vaccines, because that's how long these have been researched and how long these have been shown to be an effective use of a vaccine. Yep. It's been a, a very long time. And um, one of the other things like that I, I'm going to talk about too, like, so just to squash that, like it's been a, you know, a long time in development. It's safe. It, this isn't something that turned up overnight just to kind of end that. Uh, but the other one that kind of kills me and it makes me, honestly, I think it's fucking hilarious is people are like, I don't believe in this COVID vaccine passport system. And it fucking kills me. I think it's hilarious because the best part about it is, is like people can bitch about it as, as much as they want in the United States, frankly. Like you can cry and whine about like, I can't travel without my COVID vaccine. But at the end of the day, like you as an American, nobody gives a fuck in any other country yeah. what you think or about your shitty opinion about the vaccine. Because every place have the, has their own rules. They can do you what have, they want. You have to have a passport to go to other places anyway. Why yeah. can't you just have a little stamp in there that says, oh, yep, COVID vaccinated, check so- mark. What it's actually going to turn into probably, right, is the World Health Organization has a um, vaccination uh, booklet. Mm-hmm. It's a yellow booklet. And people are going to probably have to put their COVID vaccine information into there and have it signed by a doctor because of the fact that the CDC white cards are very easily forged. Mm-hmm. And you're actually seeing that right now, which I'm just going to say that outright. If you're forging fucking CDC vaccine cards, go fuck yourself. Like, I, I want nothing to do with you. You're a fucking piece of shit. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> By the way, I'm four sips into this beer. I'm already ready to rate it. 8.8. 8.8. If you, this is a, it's a very peanut forward beer. It's a very peanut forward style. If you like sense. peanut butter, 8.8. I'm transient, my... transient cannot make a bad beer. That's all I'm saying. I'm ready to rate mine too. I'm just going to give it a five, six. Honestly, I thought it was going to be a closer scale, but this one is, to me, it's closer to an IPA than it is to an amber. There's a shitload of hoppy flavor in it's there. Hoppy, like, yeah. That's not what I wanted from an amber, so I don't... It's fine. I don't know. Whatever. I don't like it that much. My favorite amber is still super basic. Two Brothers, Domain DuPage. It's... it's it. It's... Uh, uh, so, Chicago area, Two Brothers, it's it's very local to us, so maybe it's a more prominent thing up here, but it's, it's probably the best amber that I've had, and I've tried a lot of them because it was my yeah. go-to before stouts were my go-to. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't think that there's any other rumors that I have on my list that I think were like, absolutely. Okay. So, so one rumor that we've, we've, I've at least heard a lot, um, or seen a lot, I should say it doesn't make you sterile. A fucking vaccine is not going to make you, do you know how hard it is to have something, one thing put into your body and make you sterile? If you know anything about the human reproductive tract, and the human endocrine system and how all of that shit works, one shot is not going to fucking sterilize you. That's not how this shit works. If you want to get sterilized as a man, you literally have to go have surgery and they have to disconnect your reproductive organs from themselves. And if you are a female, they literally have to go in surgically and block this shit off. One shot is not going to do this or two shots is not going to do this. Yeah. And like the big thing too, along those same lines is like some people are like, Oh, it's going to alter my DNA, which is like some silly rumor to you. Like a vaccine does not alter your DNA. It, it is not going to get into your DNA coding no. and change the way that and, you're structured. Like, it's just not a thing. It's not going to happen. So, and yes, right I, can, too. I can understand the people who are concerned when they see MRNA and they understand what that, that comes from and how similar that is to DNA, blah, 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 blah. 
it still has no effect. It doesn't change who we are as a person. If anything, I'm a better person after I got the COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. like if yeah. you think the fucking vaccine is going to change you as a human being, first off, you're a very easily influenced human being, which Dude, I can tell I by your opinions because you followed one TikTok account that <laughs> changed your entire outlook on life. But like, it's it's not... It's impactful because it makes us safer for other to be around other people. It makes other people feel more comfortable around us. But that is the only impact that has on my life in any way, shape, or form. It's literally about not being a selfish piece of shit. At the end of the day, like you're doing this so that you can be good for everybody. Like you are doing yeah. this for the universal good of everybody around you. And I can see my grandma now. I haven't seen my yeah. grandma in almost yeah, two huge. years. Yeah, it's huge. And I know my my grandma's been upset about the fact that I haven't been able to see her, but I wasn't willing to to put her at risk. She's now vaccinated. I'm now vaccinated. If I want to drive the two hours to see her, I can. And I don't feel bad about it because we have taken the necessary precautions that we need to take as just good human beings to make sure that each other's presence isn't going to kill us. Yep. I will say that my favorite rumor about the vaccine that is a hundred percent true is that as soon as you get your vaccine, especially round two, you immediately feel like you're better than everybody else. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, yes. No. Yeah, if this, you, <laughs> the sense of I, I, hold on. Hold on. I won't say that I feel like I'm better than anybody else. I feel like I'm better than anybody who doesn't want to get the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, that's a definite truth, but you just feel like you're like, man, I'm vaccinated. I can fucking do shit now. I'm like a person again. Like I can't, I tweeted about it earlier today. Like I know I have seen these people who don't want to get the vaccine and I'm like, you're a borderline alcoholic and I know how much cocaine you've done. Like this is the last thing you need to worry about putting in your body. So that's the funny thing to me. You're like in, in my career field. And the thing that we kind of like give you the most shit about is like the people that are skeptical about getting a vaccine is I don't know if you know anything about, I'll bring up two of them about the anthra anthrax vaccine. First of all, a lot of people don't know that much about it. Cause it's not like a super common vaccine to have to get. Right. But the anthrax vaccine is like one of those things where you're like, you're getting boosters for it constantly. It's like people will have like eight to 10 fucking shots of the fucking anthrax vaccine. And let me tell you, if you want to know about a vaccine that did get developed very quickly, it isn't fucking COVID-19. Yeah, no, it's anthrax. not. Yeah. Can- can- and I've had like fucking four of those things. So like, I'm not worried about it. And then the other one is smallpox. Most people don't get vaccinated for smallpox anymore. I have been vaccinated for smallpox. And that is the most sketchy Damn. fucking shit I've ever had in my life. Like I have a permanent scar on my arm and like anybody that's like the identifier. Like if you see somebody that has that circular scar on their yep. arm, you yep. know, they've had the smallpox vaccine and it's just I like, I do not have that scar. It is a sketchy ass motherfucking vaccine. And so like yeah. when it came to the COVID-19 vaccine, I was like, you mean like you're going to completely eliminate my severe symptoms if I get COVID? Fuck yeah. Sign me up. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm the type of guy who doesn't want to be sick anyway. Like, so I was bragging earlier about how I have a high pain tolerance, which I do, but I don't have a high sick tolerance. If I feel off, I don't like it. Like, it's just not a feeling that I enjoy. So personally, if I have the choice to do something that is going to make me feel better long-term, I'm going to do it. And if I feel like I'm safer from the vaccine, my anxiety has been cut 80% since I got the COVID vaccine. Yeah, dude, that's, that's I was so worried about going to the store. I was so worried about fucking grabbing my receipt from a drive-thru. Like, you can ask my wife, Jess. Ki- like, keypads and shit. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Today, I was meeting with a, uh, I was meeting with an appointment, and, like, they touched the book, and, like, 
that we use. And if I, in the past, if I, if they touch the book and then I had to touch the book, I would freak out. Like I would not touch any, I wouldn't touch my phone. I wouldn't touch my hair, which I don't like put any product in my hair and I have really long hair right now. So that's horrible. Um, but like, I'm not touching anything until I can get to hand sanitizer. But today, like since I've gotten the vaccine, like that stuff doesn't bother me as much as it did in the past. Yeah, dude, for me too, like I touch my face all the time, especially when I'm like stressed out. And then especially during mustache, mar- mustache March, when I have a mustache, I fucking play with it all the time. Like I'm touching like right yeah. in my mouth and shit too. And so I had to really get out of that habit and like force myself to stop during the COVID times. And honestly, it's like, I'm hundred percent better off for it. It probably contributes to the fact of why I didn't get sick over the last year. Yeah. Uh, right. I think, I think we can, we can wrap this whole thing up. I've got by- one more beer. Okay. I was just going to wrap up the topic. Let me, let me wrap it up real quick. You can introduce your beer. We'll go into our, our couple quick conversations that we're going to have. But I think ultimately Kyle and I have both had very positive experiences with the vaccine. 100%. Even, you know, even the negatives that we did feel from getting these shots, even the negatives our spouses did feel from getting these shots outweigh all of the potential negatives of getting and spreading the vaccine and all of the havoc that that could cause going forward. We would both 100% recommend anybody who is eligible for the vaccine get the vaccine. Worst honestly, case scenario, like- it brings us somewhat closer back to normal. Each person counts so much when there was the stuff that come out at the beginning of COVID that like one person could potentially impact thousands of lives by spreading COVID. If we can save thousands of lives as a person, even the most selfish people out there can think of that as a positive and hold that close to their heart that they potentially saved X amount of lives. There's nothing, the negatives do not outweigh the positives in this situation. I'm a firm believer in ROI, return on investment. The investment into the COVID vaccine far, the return that you get far outweighs the investment. Yeah. Uh, I'll be a little bit more direct about it. Don't be a dirtbag. Get the vaccine. Care about the people around you. It's yes. going to have a very limited impact on your life. And just like anything else, like, man, I don't want to hear your rumors or your speculation or anything like that. Just be safe. Be careful for the people around you. Care about everybody. Get us back to a normal state. Get the vaccine. That's that's the end all be all. Just go get vaccinated, man. Just four words. Just give a fuck. Yeah, for if real, you man. just give a fuck, you'll get the shot. All right. Introduce your beer. All right. Sweet. My last one and the last Amber, because for the next two weeks after this, I will be doing stouts with Jake. Uh, I've got all of them picked out already. So uh, the last one I'll introduce is Breckenridge Brewery. I'm going to do their Avalanche Amber Ale. So I've had this one. I like this there. one a lot. Uh, I really do like the Breckenridge Brewery. I've had several other things before, but definitely not the amber. So that is my final beer that I will have for the podcast today. I'm pr- I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure that's the one that I had when I visited Dane in Reno back in the day. Oh yeah, because I, I remember being like, "Oh, Breckenridge, that's in Colorado." And Reno, yeah. it's you know Nevada's not too far from Colorado, obviously. Um, I I just remember that being you know something that I did have. All right, uh, while you're pouring that real quick, while you just said that actually. I completely changed the topic that I'm going to do for my topic today. All right. Based on the sentence that you just said, and I know exactly what I'm going to talk about now. So. That's fine. I'm going to do my topic first anyway, but real quick, I'm also in a, a fantasy mock draft while we're doing this whole podcast. Um, should I take Austin Eckler or Antonio Gibson with this pick? Austin Eckler. 
I'm going to take Gibson because you said that. Thank you. Um, anyway, so I'll go ahead and start with my first pick. So obviously, we've had a super serious episode up until this point talking about our experiences with the vaccine for a very, very real pandemic. I'm going to take this to a very, I don't want to say unreal situation because in theory, you could do this. So I want to know specifically from restaurants slash companies, what is your ideal day of eating? I want to know your ideal breakfast food and what restaurant that comes from, your ideal lunch and what rec restaurant that comes from. And then I want to know a three-course dinner. You have to pick an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. They, so for, the, for that whole meal, it doesn't all have to be from one restaurant. You can pick a different restaurant each time. But what is your ideal breakfast meal, lunch meal, and dinner meal? Could be combined from a couple different restaurants. And then what is your ideal drink? If you were going to drink one thing all day, what would that be? Ooh, all day. Are we talking all alcoholic? It, it can be alcoholic or it can be non-alcoholic. Uh, let's do both. Let's do an alcoholic option and a non-alcoholic option. All right. Uh, I have to ask one more clarifying question. And then that is like, what season are we in? Are we talking about currently? Like we're entering summer because. My yeah. So spring into summer, spring into summer, spring, summer, spring, summer. I think that's also, fair. This is my, my cat right here. This is Lewis. He's my Hi, Lewis. He's just hanging out with us. So. Is that the okay. one I have to worry about when I come out there? 100%. He loves people. He's such a people person. All right. I'll take a lot of Benadryl. I'll be fine. <laughs> but all right. So give me that first part again. So other than the three-course meal, what was the first thing? So your uh, so ideal restaurant breakfast. Okay. So for me, mine is almost 150% nostalgia-based in terms of breakfast. Also, if you know anything about me, you know that breakfast is the one meal where my inner old man comes out. And it is the time when I am here. literally the most highly creature of habit and I just don't change what I do. So if I'm going to eat an ideal breakfast, it is going to be bacon, scrambled eggs, hash browns, and toast with coffee. That is 100% my go-to breakfast literally all the time. I don't really change. I don't deviate. I love it and I don't need to change. So what restaurant have you been to where that was the best experience? So, and like I said, uh, be because of my past experience with this, 100% my go-to is all about nostalgia for me. And it's because when I grew up, I was kind of, I wasn't like raised by my grandparents, but I spent a ton of time at my grandparents' house because my mom was working full-time uh, and she was a single mom. And so I spent a ton of time with my grandparents and my grandpa uh, and part of the, like the nostalgia comes into the fact too, where he passed away a few years ago. And so for me too, like I look back on this as like one of my most fond memories with him mm -hmm. and that right near my grandparents house growing up, there was this little place called waffle stop, not to be confused with waffle house. Uh, and it was just like this one little local restaurant and we'd go there every time, like every Saturday, typically if I was staying with them, we'd go get breakfast at waffle, a waffle uh, stop. And I would get the same meal every time and he would get the same meal as me. And it was just, it's a nostalgia piece for me too. So I look back on that with a ton of happy memories. And yeah, for that awesome. reason, I love that place. And I love that meal. For sure. Um, so for me, it's a tie between two places and they're two very different orders with these two places. So they're both local places. They're both, as far as I know, the only location of their type. Um, so one is more local to where I currently live. And it's this place called Southern Cafe which has very, I'll say, unique, um, very unique options when it comes to their food, even though they have a lot of traditional options as well. So what I always get when I go there, it's called the Nasty Biscuit. So it's a biscuit, hash browns, a piece of fried chicken, um, 
and it's all topped in gravy, cheese, and maple syrup. Nice. It is it is the breakfast where you eat it and you feel like dog shit afterwards, <laughs> but yeah. it was worth every single second that you were eating it. Um, and it's it's near and dear to my heart, and it's it's by far my favorite breakfast food that I found in the state of Illinois. My second favorite is there was a very local cafe in uh, the town where my family used to have a lake house in Montezuma, Iowa. And it was just a very, I don't even remember the name of it. It might've been like Montezuma Cafe. It was a super basic breakfast joint. Cheapest restaurant I've ever been to in my entire life. We literally once fed like 15 people for 80 bucks. Like it's, it's super affordable, but the food was made, it was all homemade from scratch and it was made with love. And it was a pretty similar order. I don't know if I mentioned this, but the last meal was also covered in country gravy. And that's mm. one thing you'll find about me is I love country gravy. So Sweet I would get a biscuits and gravy. That's what I've been told. That's what Carly was telling me. I make a bomb um, ass gravy. I'm ready. Um, so for me, it was I would get a full order of biscuits and gravy. And then I would get a bacon, egg and cheese breakfast sandwich with a side of hash brown casserole. And nice. that to me was like the perfect breakfast like it, it it was obviously a lot of food and fat jakey loved that fat jakey now doesn't really eat breakfast all that much but if i was going to eat a breakfast it's one of those two spots without question and during those meals it was always water for me i don't know what it is but in the morning i either want coffee or water and if i had to pick one of the two i pick water because i don't like drinking hot coffee when i'm eating hot food fucking love hot coffee all the time i drink coffee black and i drink it literally every single fucking day i like it too but if my food's piping hot and of course it's me so i'm putting hot sauce on it as well i don't want to drink hot coffee with that i do i love coffee and that's fair and honestly so like for me uh i've traveled around like i've kind of said before a little bit now in the united states i've kind of i haven't really done much on the east coast but now i'm in the southwest i've been in the midwest i've been in the southeast and one of my favorite places to always look for even though I always order the same thing for the most part is breakfast places. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm really excited actually for when you come down here so we can try a couple of these, but yeah, when I'm traveling, I, it's weird when I'm traveling, I really always want to eat breakfast, but when yeah. I'm at home, like I fast, I don't eat until like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. One of my, uh, my favorite places here and we'll definitely take you there is a place called oink and they specialize in bacon and they do bacon flights. Okay. So so for reference, Carly, Kyle's wife, and Kyle created a shared um, iPhone note, and it had a bunch of stuff to do on there. And Jess and I were looking through that, and we're like, what the fuck is Oink? What Dude. the fuck is Snooze? Like, we're looking at these places, and we just don't know what they are. We're not going to Google them because we're trying to be respectful, um, and we want we want the surprise to be there. But we were like, what the fuck is this shit? Dude, both like, of those these one-word places. And Oink is awesome they make like jalapeno bacon like they make like different like weird like crazy like chef's choice bacons and stuff and you get it in a flight and at the same time you can either get mimosa or bloody mary flights and so you can just like yeah i'm not gonna lie you put you put bloody flights on there i don't like bloody mary so i'll definitely get the mimosa flights but maybe you can can... i might just like let you non-covid somehow try like some of mine because for their bloody mary yeah 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 I, so to be fair, I say I don't like Bloody Marys, but I haven't had one since I turned, like, it was like the day after I turned 21 was the first time I had one. Oh, you're missing uh, yeah. So I, I maybe it's just tomatoes. a... I hate tomatoes, and I love Bloody Marys. I I like tomato-based things, but I don't <laughs> love... 
It is like the one like weird alcohol that I'm like, yep, I love that shit. Yeah, I don't know if it's like the spice thing for me. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. What's your lunch? Your ideal lunch? This one's a little harder for me because it kind of depends on what we're doing. If I'm just going to do like a quick lunch and I'm going to go grab lunch somewhere, uh, like like a sandwich for like if you want, I'll either like in here in Tucson we have what's called Baggins. And I fucking love Baggins for whatever reason. Like they make a sandwich that I could make exactly the same at my own fucking house, but somehow they make it and it tastes better to me. And so I really like Baggins sandwiches. So I I wouldn't mind just doing that as kind of like a, a normal lunch that I would go to. Um, other than that, yeah, dude, I don't know. Lunch is the tough one for me. Really, like for me, right? Like as somebody that works five days a week. I usually just take some leftovers to work with me. Yeah. So I don't plan out my lunches. I'm the same way. My lunch is always just like whatever I had for dinner the night before. Exactly. Yeah. And if I don't have leftovers, it's so hard for me to come up with what I want for lunch because I like, I'm not going to cook lunch for the next day for the most part. Like in Carly is awesome. And sometimes she'll do it for me, but uh, yeah. I like, I just don't give a fuck. I'd almost like not eat lunch at work before I would go through the effort to make food. Yeah, I, I'm pretty similar. Um, so, but if I'm thinking about like, so say it's like my birthday where I'm kind of just, so I, I'm pretty strict on a diet. I don't eat a lot of carbs, but if it's like, if it's my birthday or if it's a special occasion, I really just kind of say, fuck it. If I was going to kind of eat whatever I wanted, my lunch would probably be like a steak burrito from the local place by us called El Barrio, um, which is the best Mexican restaurant that I've had in our area. Um, and that's what I think of as lunch. Cause like, especially if we go to, if we go to lunch, like with our work team, we typically wait for like the taco Tuesdays where most of the people are just like ordering dollar tacos and I'm still going to get the burrito because I know that it's a better deal overall. Yeah. But for me, like, that's my ideal lunch. Like something, a burrito is obviously heavy, but I typically never eat the whole burrito anyway. Cause the burritos that they give us are the size of NFL footballs. Um, so like, I'll get the burrito. I have two meals out of it, but like that, that's what I'm looking for when it comes to lunch. And then Honestly, at that, if I was going to just say something here, I would have to probably just back myself up with the fact that like my favorite food is pizza. So like for lunch, I'd probably just have pizza. I'm a Papa John's yeah. fanboy too. So I'd probably just get some Papa John's pizza. On. Papa John's is good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's look at, so now a three course dinner. So best appetizer, entree and dessert. So I'm going to frame this in if I'm going to go fancy and have a three course dinner, because my favorite appetizer, and I'll just throw it out there. Uh, 99% of the time is actually either fried pickles or fried calamari. But if I'm going to go out and have like a nice three course meal and what I'm going to have Brussels sprouts is a hundred percent my go-to appetizer. I fucking love Brussels sprouts. And when you go to a fancy restaurant, they have such dope ways of making them like bacon apple or uh, brussels sprouts and they have like um dude like maple you too i fucking love me some brussels sprouts if i'm gonna go to a fancy di- restaurant yeah i'll at least give you that i don't like br- brussels sprouts but fancy restaurants do get creative with a lot of their shit so for me if i'm thinking of like all of the appetizers that i've ever had my brain actually goes to soup believe it or not and it's the it's the chicken tortilla soup from Chili's. yeah that is like the best pre-meal meal that you can have in my opinion dude zupa toast zupa toscana however the fuck you say it from olive garden is my absolute go-to soup and if i was gonna have that i don't go an appetizer oh well 
eat it. <laughs> I don't like. I don't, I'm not a huge pasta guy, so like Olive Garden isn't carbs. like a super attractive thing to me. I can eat carbs for every single meal. I'll go to a I'll steakhouse go. any day of the week before I ever get pasta. Oh, I hate that. I love pasta. Yeah, dude, Zupa Toscana is amazing. It's a it kale, some cream with a broth base, with potatoes, hot sausage, and bacon. So good. All right, entree. Entree, if I'm going fancy, like I said, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go down that path. And I'm basing this all off the fact of like Fleming's Steakhouse, by the way. Like if I'm going to like a Fleming's, which is going to be an expensive steakhouse, even though it's a chain. Uh, and it's just going to be a steak. I'm going to have a steak for a fancy dinner. 100%. So for, for me, it's a, it's a local winery called Cooper's Hawk. They do a surf and turf as part of their their menu. So it's what I always get. It's a soy ginger glazed salmon. It's like a nice sweet salmon. You get like the, you still get some of the, like the fishiness, but it's, it's coated in this really nice dressing that kind of sweetens everything up. And then I get the Parmesan crusted filet medallions. So it's little, you know, little pieces of filet mignon that are crusted in Parmesan cheese. And it is by far the most delicious entree that I've ever had. Dessert cheesecake. Yes. hundred okay, times same page out of a hundred times. I love but is it cheesecake. is there a specific cheesecake like doesn't if you... fucking matter i love every cheesecake i love and i'm not even a big fruit person i don't like fruit that much i love strawberry cheesecake i love raspberry cheesecake i love plain ass cheesecake i love chocolate cheesecake i fucking love cheesecake so for me my dessert it's there's two i'm gonna i'm not gonna not give two because they're two very close ones for me the 30th anniversary cheesecake from <laughs> cheesecake factory is the fucking best cheesecake in the entire world and then any key lime pie. If you have key lime pie, I'm going to lose my shit because it's fucking amazing every time you eat it. Yeah. What's the uh, like German chocolate cake? Not No, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like the Boston chocolate, whatever the fuck. There's like one of those chocolate cakes that has just like a shitload of whipped cream on it. Like if I was going to go for a second, I'd go for mm-hmm. one of those. But cheesecake, 100 times out of 100 times if I can get it. I love All right. And then if you had to drink one thing throughout the day, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, what are you choosing? okay so honestly i don't if i'm not drinking booze i pretty much just drink water all day i don't i'm not a soda person i don't drink that uh i never have been thankfully honestly because i'd probably be fucking 10 pounds heavier if i was hey man diet Uh, soda zero calories yeah dude okay we don't we can make that a debate topic one day that's why my my drink if i'm non-alcoholic is diet uh, diet pepsi specifically okay well, if I'm probably just drinking water, frankly. But on the alcohol side, right now, because like, this is why I saw the seasonal thing, because if we're going to go down the seasonal route, it's going to be some sort of a vodka base mm-hmm. because the spring, summertime, and whether that be... So, like, my, my typical go-to is either a vodka ginger ale or a vodka tonic with, like, a little bit of lime. Because I think you can just drink it all day and it's light and it keeps you drinking. Or Moscow Mules. Yep. In this same time frame, like the summer, springy time frame where you're going outside. I love those. I could drink them all day. Those are my two kind of go-tos if I was just going to chill out on a nice day like today, for example, in Arizona. Yeah. If I was going to drink something alcoholic, again, if we're looking at like that spring into summer season, I'm probably the same route. Normally, I'd probably go with something whiskey-based. Um, but for me, it'd be like a vodka, vodka Red Bull, vodka soda with some sort of fruit to add a little extra flavor to it, whether that's a cherry or a blueberry, that's probably the route that I go. Yep. All right. Awesome. 
That was a good topic. I liked it. Thank you. I'm going to speed us right into my topic because we've only got a few minutes left to, to close this out on time. Uh, so I want you to give me your favorite tra- travel destination that you've ever been to or the top couple travel destinations that you've ever been to and a reason Oh, this why. is easy. I don't travel. So this is super easy for me. The best place I've ever been is Kauai, uh, which is an island on Hawaii, Hawaii, if you're a local. Um, it's by far, it's been the nicest destination that I've been to from the resort that we stayed at to what we were able to do, the food that we were able to eat in the area. Like it was Hawaii and I had the best pizza that I've ever had in my entire life on Hawaii, um, on one of the islands. And it was from a restaurant that he was the 27th person ever, 20 something person ever certified by Sicily, by the actual city that the pizza originated from to make that style of pizza. Hmm. He was one of the, like the, the, it was just, you just can vouch for me. My family is very much like we can get like two pizzas and everybody has a few pieces and we're good. Every single one of us had an entire pizza to ourselves. And it was by far the best pizza that I've ever had in my entire life. That's awesome. Like just, and then there's so much to do on the Island. Like we went on, we went to a, a distillery while we were there, a, rum, a famous rum distillery. We went on a coffee tour. We toured the, we drove around the entire island doing like a scavenger hunt as part of an event that they were holding. Like there's, uh, we went whitewater, like we had the opportunity. We didn't end up going because of the, the weather, but we had the opportunity to go rafting throughout basically the entire island. It's one of the islands that they shot part of Jurassic Park on. Me and my dad were able to go to a couple really, expensive really famous golf courses on the island like just overall it was the best trip that i've ever been a part of and it was the most fun that i've ever had on vacation as a homebody as a person who does not like to go anywhere oh man dude i so i'm a bit of a hypocrite in the fact that i i think traveling is the best i love traveling but i also just don't do it very often i need to get out there and do it more and so my number one buy off you know, accounts up to this point in my life has been the Dominican Republic when I went there with Carly because we had an awesome time just checking out all sorts of different aspects. And like, so there's ups and downs of, I would always encourage people to do all-inclusive traveling just because it, it incorporates everything into the budget. Right. And then if you do want to go experience local things too, you can, it costs you some extra on the side, but all-inclusive is I think the way to go. But the big downside of that is you don't get a lot of exposure to the the actual regional culture you're kind of right. confined typically to some sort of a resort where they're giving you everything that you need and you don't need to go anywhere else uh so that's kind of the downside but while we were in the dominican we did get out a little bit uh it was awesome because we got to go on this uh the tour we went on a pretty long tour uh where we got to go see all these monkeys and shit on the island which was just fun in general but then after that we went on this uh how they make coconut oil tour and or uh interesting know, they were, so they were like making coconut oil and incorporating that was also like some coffee bean stuff that they were working with as well. So we got to see some of that local culture and how they make it and like the, the process they do it by hand and stuff. And it was all super cool, but just in general, we had an awesome time because it was just the two of us. We went together uh, before I got into my job now. And so we took like one opportunity before we knew I was going to get busy in my career. And we were like, fuck it. We're going just the two of us. We're going to go have an awesome time. We met some, yeah. uh, some fun people out there that we like made some friends with. We were drinking just all day, pina coladas, fucking chilling. And, Oh man, it was just, we had such an awesome time there. That, that was, that was by far the best experience that I've had so far. Yeah. Me. I mean, honestly, like I said, I really haven't traveled much. The only time I've been out of the country, I went to Canada one time and we were like right over the border in Niagara Falls. So it's not like we drove to Toronto for like the day. 
but that was really it. Like we didn't do a whole lot while we were there. Like that's one thing that Jess has really opened my eyes to. Like she really likes to travel. So we uh, for our honeymoon, we were supposed to go to Costa Rica. Obviously COVID changed those plans. So we ended up going to Galena, Illinois, not quite Costa Rica if you weren't aware. Um, but you know, that's something that I'm definitely like more open to doing in the future. And like really Arizona will be the first time that I've really traveled in like three plus years where I've really like gone out of my way. Dude, we can do a whole ep- like probably topic on just like the, uh, in my opinion, the fact that people get stuck in the Midwest and it wasn't until I, I kind of forced myself out with my career out of the Midwest that I, I got a little bit more adventurous and saw some of the different things. But uh, even before then, right? Like obviously I went to the Dominican before I did my current job. I've been to Honduras. I've been to Mexico. Uh, different opportunities came up that I had an awesome time at all these places. And the biggest part of it is it, it really humbles uh, humbles you to the culture. And people need that, man. Like you need to you need to get out and travel a little bit in order to get that reality check of like, man, I live in an awesome situation. Like I might have some problems with some of the things that happen in my own like country and everything like that. And like whatever, like I'm politically different than a lot of people. But at the same time, like people have it bad, man, in some of these places. And it gives you some real, real perspective on yeah. just on your own life and the life of, of other people around you. And I think the only way to truly get that is by going and seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like if you see it on the internet or see it on a video or a documentary, it doesn't really give you that exposure. And I think if you yeah, go it's out not and the actually same. see some of these places, you really get a more in-depth experience. Yeah, for In order sure, to yeah. do that, you do have to exit some of these resorts. Like you can't just stay in your all-inclusive place the whole time because well, uh, it makes it look a little bit, it's a, it's a skewed perspective of, of the culture. So And well, and that's like what Jess and mine's plan was when we were going to Costa Rica is like we booked it through a resort, but we had plans to travel pretty much the whole island of Costa Rica um and that's something that we definitely hope to be able to do in the future you know once things normalize a bit and once things settle down um but yeah man it's you know traveling in general is really eye-opening like yeah even just like the times that i've gone to like charlotte north carolina and nashville tennessee like it's culture shock even just that little thing so i can't even imagine what it was like for y'all getting to go to you know the dominican and like really seeing like a whole new perspective on things like it really changes things and I understand that some people are limited by their financial circumstances, but if you ever get the opportunity, you have to take it, like seize the opportunity, man, get out there and see some different culture because it's, it's, it really truly is eye opening, And, uh, it definitely gives you perspective just on the world as a whole, which is I think invaluable. Yeah, man. I think that's a phenomenal way to wrap up this week's episode. I want to thank anybody who decided to tune in live or anybody who catches this on a listen back. Um, we're on Spotify on iTunes soon available on YouTube post, uh, you know, post this episode as well, post uh, the recording. But I want to thank anybody who, you know, takes their time out of the day to listen to us. We obviously really appreciate it. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at two average husbands. You can follow myself at Jake Perry 34 and follow Kyle at at Kyle and her son. And we, you know, we just want to thank you guys for giving us, uh, you know, even the few viewers that we get, we're always super stoked to see one or two more viewers here and there. Yeah. It obviously means the world to us, but Kyle, I'll let you wrap this one up. Yeah, we throw it out there every single episode. We we love the interaction and we want more of it in, in the live circumstances. Like seeing a comment on YouTube today is uh, for first is absolutely awesome to feed into that conversation. It helps us kind of direct the way that we're going to speak about certain things that we're going to speak about that and continue to throw the shout outs out to us on social media of different ideas of topics or anything that you guys have for us that we can continue to uh, keep you guys interested in the audience. And again, to at to the number two ABG husbands is where we are on Twitter and on Instagram and then find us on Spotify. And hopefully, like he said, iTunes as soon as possible while we're working that, or at least Jake is while, uh, 
Uh, I'm kind of sitting in the back burner of him adding us to some different hosting services, which is absolutely awesome. So I appreciate him for that. But yeah, thanks again for joining us. It's been another awesome episode and we appreciate uh, the time just to talk to each other. And then hopefully some of you guys are also having a good time. So thanks for joining us. That's another episode of Two Average Husbands. See you, everybody. See you.